You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. The four C's come together, clouds, crooks, cheats, and cryptocurrencies. Locky continues to circulate in evolved forms. WikiLeaks dumps some curious alleged liaisonware documents from Vault 7. Russian sources report that FSB officers facing treason charges in Moscow may have given up some connected hackers to the Americans. The FBI makes an arrest in the OPM breach. The Daily Stormer is way offline, but ISIS and its parasitic slave-trading gangs are decidedly online. And another consequence of NotPetya seems to be a pet food shortage. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Friday, August 25th, 2017. As the week comes to a close, there's been a kind of convergence of some large cyber themes. The clouds, the crooks, the cheats, and the cryptocurrencies. Some criminals, security firm Trend Micro reports, are exploiting online games with malicious Chrome extensions, thereby stealing in-game currency. The malware takes cookies from running Roblox processes. Roblox is the popular massively multiplayer social media gaming platform. But it could be adapted to pull information from any website. If you install it, you're giving it a hunting license for your information. The malicious extension is available for sale in the Dream Market underground forum for the low, low price of just 99 cents. Trend Micro uses the occasion of their discovery to offer a useful reminder. Quote, This is a good time to remember to always verify the permissions required before any Chrome extensions are installed. If you are unsure about these permissions, it's better not to install the extension in the first place. This particular malicious extension requires the read and change all your data on the websites you visit permission, which should be a hint of its malicious behavior. End quote. A hint, like a hangover, is a hint you shouldn't drink so much. Why would someone want to steal in-game currency? To sell it to gamers, undercutting the prices charged by legitimate games. There's also the issue of cheating. Cheats, as gamers will tell you, offer an advantage over the sometimes difficult and frustrating rules of play. Researchers at security company Sentinel-1 have discovered that some cheats for the popular Counter-Strike global offensive game are installing cryptocurrency miners on victim machines. This particular miner goes after Monero, and it's called osxponet.a. The miner is working for a guy who seems to go by the name of Finn. Sentinel-1 seems to be on to him. For one thing, they seem to be insinuating that the gentleman is a brony. Make of that what you will. Unwelcome cryptocurrency miners are being distributed in other ways, too. 
Netscope Threat Labs has found the Zminer malware hosted in an Amazon S3 bucket. They say the kill chain begins with the delivery of a drive-by downloader Zminer executable that downloads payloads from Amazon S3 cloud storage to a victim's machine and then uses the machine's computing resources to perform coin mining. They note that the miner helps ensure its own smooth operation by disabling Windows Defender on infected machines. And cryptocurrency wallets themselves are under attack. Researchers at Duo Security note that criminals are exploiting some of the weaker forms of two-factor authentication, notably SMS and email authentication, to get into the wallets. They advise adopting more cryptographically secure forms of multi-factor authentication. Locky ransomware continues to circulate in its newly evolved forms. As always, the best advice to prepare for recovery should you be infected is to securely back up your files so you can be ready to resume work. Turning to espionage and conflict, WikiLeaks has resumed its leaks of alleged CIA documents from Vault 7. This week, the documents describe ExpressLane, unusual in that it appears to have targeted partner organizations, most of them U.S. organizations like the National Security Agency, the FBI, and the Department of Homeland Security. The program is alleged to have worked by requiring installation of a software update as a condition of doing business with Langley, and, says WikiLeaks, those updates also installed backdoors. Russian sources are reporting the reason behind the arrest in December of last year of three men on charges of treason. Arrested were Deputy Head of Information Security Center, CDC, of the FSB, Sergei Mikhailov, and two associates. It's believed they were instrumental in giving up prominent wanted hackers to the CIA, which then presumably turned the information over to the FBI and U.S. Secret Service. The FBI has made an arrest in the OPM breach. The suspect is a Chinese national, Yu Pinyan of Shanghai, who was picked up Monday when he arrived at Los Angeles International on his way to attend a conference in the U.S. On Wednesday, he appeared before the federal court for the Southern District of California on charges of having written the Sakura malware, believed to have been used by the Chinese government to accomplish the breach. Even as core territory in Iraq and Syria shrink to insignificance, ISIS posts a Spanish-language video promising to reconquer Al-Andalus, the Iberian Peninsula, lost to the Uma in the 15th century. Another ISIS inspirational video receiving wide circulation purports to show a 10-year-old American boy threatening President Trump. ISIS killing has been a leading cause of the Middle Eastern refugee crisis, which has spawned human trafficking on a large scale. Some traffickers, slave-trading gangs, as the Times of London calls them, are posting torture images to Facebook in an attempt to extort ransom money from their captives' families. These posts and the most recent wave of hacked celebrity pictures are inducing some observers, UN agencies among them, to ask why tech companies aren't addressing such incidents with the focus and alacrity they brought to booting the loathsome Daily Stormer from their services. Is the outrage selective, the decisions arbitrary, or is the problem simply more complex than it seems? And finally, turning to less unpleasant matters, there's another consequence of NotPetya in the UK. Cat food shortages in London and the home counties. Mars subsidiary Royal Canin was affected, and deliveries of cat food have lagged, with some customers waiting two weeks. Another Mars pet food brand, James Well Beloved, is also thought to have been affected, but they're more in the dog food line, and there have been fewer complaints. Perhaps it's just that the dogs aren't quite so fussy. 
Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use. With zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications, so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Joining me once again is Dale Drew. He's the Chief Security Officer at Level 3 Communications. Dale, welcome back. Um, You have some updates for us, some new uh, threat intelligence on phishing and malware. What do you have to share with us today? So Level 3 maintains a a threat intelligence system that monitors uh, its global backbone and Internet traffic going through our backbone. Uh, And we we see a pretty significant amount of total Internet traffic that that we sort of categorize and uh, analyze for potential threats. We recently added uh, industry data. So, you know, every IP address we analyze, we sort of build a behavior profile for it and, and categorize it on malicious or potential malicious activity. And that's been pretty insightful for us to be able to identify, um, you know, bad actors in the network. But but we recently added uh, industry data to that to be able to get sort of early warning indicators about when people are attacking specific industries. And the trend data that we're starting to accumulate from that is is pretty interesting. So uh, I'll give you an example. Is is um, we identify the top five industries that are getting hit with malware on a rolling uh, average 30 day and phishing attacks. Uh, on the malware side, the five uh, leading industries that are getting uh, just uh, clobbered with uh, malware attacks are tech services. These are uh, consulting firms that provide support for other organizations, uh, educational, so schools, colleges, and such, manufacturing, retail food services, retail trade, like your uh, clothing stores and your hardware stores and so on. Hmm. Uh, and then healthcare. We, we've seen this pretty consistently over the past uh, 30 to 60 days. What, what we think it means is two things. We think it means that, because we don't see a corresponding phishing attack uh, 
associated with this. Hmm. So we think that, that these industries tend to have more infrastructure exposable on the uh, network, and they're getting uh, compromised via uh, their their exposed infrastructure. And they also have high-value targets, whether it's infrastructure or data. And what about on the phishing side? Yeah, and then on the phishing side, it's it's pretty much the, it's the same sorts of things. And, and I was pretty surprised by this as well. I would normally expect to see a pretty strong correlation between phishing and malware. Um, and and that just wasn't the case. And so what we saw in phishing is the top five industries were your your information firms, your uh, construction firms were number two, hmm. uh, utilities, uh, power uh, was the top one, supply chain management, and so organizations that provide supply chain services to other companies, uh, and then entertainment. This to us meant that that they may not have as much public-facing infrastructure or have more secure public-facing infrastructure, so they're going after the weaker link, which is the employees. They're sending um, you know emails to those employees in an attempt to gain uh, unauthorized access to those systems, so they then have access to that to that enterprise. So again, our advice is if you're in any one of those industries, you know educate your employees on phishing email. Uh, do things like mark uh, email as external when it comes from the public internet and um, protect against uh, phishing attacks. Was there anything on either of these lists that surprised you, I, I guess, by, by not being on the list? Anything you expected to be there that didn't show up? You know, I, I expected uh, more critical infrastructure um, organizations to be on these lists, uh, frankly. We've definitely seen a shift of the more sophisticated attacks where the bad guys are targeting uh, supply chain management. So supply chain was not a surprise to me, as well as tr- uh, targeting large uh, pieces of infrastructure, uh, DNS hosting, web hosting, telecommunications, power, transportation, and so on. And so going after that major piece of infrastructure, so they either get access to confidential data, uh, personally identifiable information, or capability with with regards to the reach and scope of the, some of those global infrastructure providers. And didn't see a whole lot of that um, uh, on the malware or even the phishing side uh, with these. We did see attacks against utilities uh, going uh, fairly high, uh, but not other infrastructure uh, organizations that, that I would expect. Hmm. All right. Interesting stuff as always. Dale Drew, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. My guest today is Nicole Egan. She's Chief Executive Officer at Darktrace, a fast-growing cybersecurity firm that in July of this year raised $75 million in a Series D round of funding. The company was founded in 2013 by former University of Cambridge mathematics and machine learning specialists, as well as intelligence experts from MI5 and GCHQ. When we started the company in 2013, we really felt that a different approach was necessary 
and we took what I'd say is an inside-out view. So regardless of the attack vector, it doesn't matter if it's spear phishing, malware, or an APT, the goal of the attacker is always to get inside the network. And so we felt if we could learn what was normal and not normal inside the network and then detect that which was unusual, that would change the dynamic and give companies and organizations a better shot at early threat detection. And so you all are are really all in when it comes to artificial intelligence and machine learning. Um, You know, if you walk around the the show floor of any of the cybersecurity trade shows, there's no shortage of companies who who are offering AI and ML, and uh, to the point where I think it's hard for people to to sort through it sometimes. Um, What is your take, what is your approach to AI and ML? Yes, as you said, we are absolutely all in when it comes to AI and ML. In fact, if you go back to 2013, I think we were one of the first companies to actually come out and really embrace machine learning for cyber defense. And there's a couple of really interesting ways that, that we use AI and ML. The first way we use it is we use unsupervised machine learning. So in other words, self-learning in real time inside a network, um, as opposed to other methods that might look at historical attack data, for example. So we're self-learning inside the network, no prior knowledge. And the way we use that machine learning is to understand the pattern of life of every user and every device inside the network. And we refer to that as working very much like the human immune system. So we call it the enterprise immune system. Subsequently, we came up with another interesting use case, which was not only to use the machine learning to detect threats, but to autonomously respond to those threats. We rolled out um, a module called Antigena, which does basically do autonomous response. So in other words, even if it's an unknown attack that the security team has never seen before, or maybe it's something like ransomware, um, similar to WannaCry that just moves at machine speed, the machine learning can automatically take action. Now, what was interesting as we rolled out that type of machine learning autonomous response is whether or not human security teams were really ready for it. Hmm. And what we learned there is that in many cases, the human security experts wanted to see the recommendation, the action that the artificial intelligence was recommending that it would take before it responded. So we've done a lot of work in actually adding what we call a human confirmation mode to the AI. Um, The third way that we're using machine learning is really part of our R&D roadmap, and that is to actually have the supervised machine learning watching our world-class team of security experts, learning from them, and figuring out how they actually investigate and research remediation steps. And so that, that's kind of the next phase that you'll see coming from Dark Trace. Looking towards the horizon, what are some of the specific challenges that you think we're going to be facing in the immediate future, things that perhaps we're not dealing with today? I think one of the biggest challenges we see is IoT devices. I I think um, a lot of enterprises we walk into underestimate the amount of IoT that's already in their environment. Um, A lot of times those IoT devices, similar to shadow IT, no one's telling the IT or security team that they're bringing them in. We've seen everything from internet-connected cappuccino makers. We even had an internet-connected fish tank in a casino that was used as a jumping-on point into the network to attempt to exfil data. That's more, more common than you would think. In fact, when we 
drop dark trace into an average enterprise network, we usually see 20% to 30% more devices than the IT and security teams thought they had. And all of those things can be um, kind of the low-hanging fruit or a jumping-off point into the, the corporate network. I, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about you and your executive team. Um, certainly at the the size of the company that Darktrace is and, and the level that you are at, there are very few women holding chief executive officer positions at companies with the size and success of yours. But when I look at your executive team list, you have several women in high positions. I'm curious, um, for the the women in the cybersecurity industry who are coming up through the ranks, do you have any advice for them? Do you have any words of wisdom from the things that you've learned on your journey to be the head of a successful company like Darktrace? Yeah, we do, as you mentioned, have, um, actually, we have several women on our board of directors. Uh, We have quite a few women uh, at the executive level. And interestingly enough, throughout our company, we actually are a 50-50 split of men and women. And in many cases, those women are in positions in development, uh, our, our mathematician group, our machine learning or deep learning team, you know, in addition to other roles across, you know, groups like sales, marketing and, and others. So, you know, in terms of advice, pay attention to the company culture of the, the company you're joining. So if you're a recent college graduate and you're evaluating opportunities, you know, pay attention to the cultural issues. Ask the questions about the company culture. And as you did with Dark Trades, take a look at the website and try to determine, you know, what are the, the most senior positions that women have been able to achieve within that company and make sure that you have an environment where your mentors and your coaches may include, you know, a mix of, of both men and women. Um, so I think that that's really um, an important criteria when women are starting in their career or even evaluating making a career change. That's Nicole Egan. She's the CEO at Darktrace. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.